Hello and welcome to the 17th School.ie podcast with me, Nigel, and my esteemed ginger colleague, Porik. Hello. And he, Porik has just returned from London where he was roadie slash tour manager with the Irish pop rock <laughs> pop rock outfit Bouts, who have an esteemed lead guitarist by the name of Producer Colin. Hey, Producer Colin. Good to have Hello. you on board. You're not meant to even be able to speak English. Anyway, coming up in this 17th pod, we're looking at the state of Irish cinema and asking whether we're on the cusp of some sort of golden age with films like Frank, Calvary, The Stag, Mrs. Brown's Boys, all likely to figure very highly in the end of year box office kind of things. We'll also be looking back on some of April's big films, like, what have you got for Noah and Spider-Man 2. And we'll do a bit of a Calvary review there too. Yeah, and a bit of, and tracks and everything, a few things like that. And then we'll look ahead to an action-packed May. Um, so first up, Ireland! Hooray! Uh, last week, you guys were away, but on the Late Late Show, I was watching the Late Late, and uh, Michael Fassbender, John Michael McDonough, and Donald Leeson were all on the show, and Tuberty asked Mickey whether he thought we were on the verge of a golden age of Irish cinema. Considering he spends most of his time in Hollywood, <coughs> Fassbender handled the question fairly well, like, because he doesn't probably have a clue. But yeah. um, it did kind of highlight the fact that right now there is a ton of big Irish films coming out. Um, none may... Well, no, I guess Calvary's probably bigger, but I'm, I'm going to say none more enticing and exciting than the next film we've got. So here's a clip from Frank. Frank wants us to start everything from scratch. Color coding. He's created an entirely new musical notation system. We've designed our own instruments. He has initiated a strict regime of physical exercise. Fortunately, we have a safe word for when things get too intense. Chinchilla. Yeah, so there's always a bit of excitement when Lenny Abramson has a new film coming out. He directed Garage, What Richard Did, and Adam and Paul. So there's a lot of hype about this, and it's very good. Stars Donald Gleeson, Michael Fassbender as Frank, and Scoop McNary, Maggie Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Looking, still looking good. I still would. Um, Abramson, his next film is uh, Emma Donoghue's book Room. Do you have any idea? Oh, about brilliant! That? Yeah, have you read books? Yeah, I haven't read it. No, but apparently it's very good. It's kind of based on the Fritzel case where the person was kidnapped and held captive so that's oh. great that he's handling that anything he kind of touches as of late yeah is always very it's, good and it should be noted due to various kind of scheduling and blah, blah lots of stuff and it's just not working we haven't got to see frank yet it's played for a couple of it's played like bits of festivals here and there and yeah they had the premiere there premiere and, the and a press screening but it's out i think on the 16th of may if i'm not mistaken. the 9th 9th of May, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's next week. Um, but anyway, we've read enough about it to, and kind of feel like you've seen it. People have been talking about it for so long. And uh, it's just, it looks great. Um, as you can hear the clip there, Donald Leeson, I think, is really the heart of the film, even though it's fast Yeah, he's kind of playing the loosely based John Ronson, because John Ronson has been key. Name, yeah, and his character's name is John, without a H. Yeah, so he was key in getting the film off the ground and wrote the script for it, possibly. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's um, it should be good. I think. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, the head is meant to be papier mâché, but they've made it in fiberglass, and I'm a stickler for detail. And they have the head in the Lighthouse Cinema, um, in Dublin. You can actually see it. I don't know if there's only one head, but um, it doesn't look very. It looks a bit sturdy to me as a guy who's worked with fiberglass and. 
Anyway, uh, you also mentioned this before, Calvary. This played at, uh, I know this is kind of a March film, but this is this uh, is huge. It opened with the third biggest opening weekend for an Irish film ever. And yeah, it made it's the... 300, oh, I've written down the numbers. You better yeah. drop yourself in. Uh, 358,000 um, in the Irish box office. Can you guess the two films that are ahead of that? So far? This in year? In history. No, in history. Oh, in history? Yeah. The Guard? Correct. Guard is number one with 433 and just behind it is... Is it an Irish film? It is, but you may... It might be one of those where you're like, oh, is it fully Irish? I'll give um, you a clue. Brendan Leeson is in it as well. Ooh, 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 ooh. It's in Bruges. Ah, very good. You know, like, I think it All got a certain McDonough amount of films. funding. Um, yes, the McDonough brothers have the one, two and three slots for the opening weekend. Yeah. Um, so Calvary is John Michael McDonough's yeah. latest effort he followed on from the Guard, which we here at Spoon weren't the biggest fans of. Um... Yeah, we uh, we have a little bit of a clip to give you a sense in case you've missed it. It's been out a month. You probably should have seen it if you're meant to see it, but people are still talking about it. I heard some people on the bus saying hated it and other people saying loved it. So it's been quite divisive, but uh, here's a clip. I'm going to kill you, Father. Certainly a startling opening line. So do you know who it was? Somebody with a grudge against the church, obviously. Yeah, that could be half the country. Could have a word. Hope we don't get locked in here. We'll have to make love to keep warm. Nobody around here has a bad word to say about him. Makes you wonder what he's hiding. Killing a priest on a Sunday. That'll be a good one. So that wasn't actually a clip. It was what we call a TV spot, but it like, gives you a sense of the whole mood. Um, yeah, so Brennan Gleeson's playing James Novell, a priest in a kind of rural town set in Sligo. And it starts with a parishioner saying that he's going to kill him in seven days. And while you don't know who the person is, he maintains that he does. So then over the next seven days, kind of different characters come in and out. It unfolds. It stars uh, Dylan Moran's in it, Chris O'Dowd. Uh, every Irish person. Brendan Gleeson, obviously. Aidan Gillen. Aidan Gillen. As the Viper from uh, Hardy Books. Yes, that was very good. No, I'm telling you, father. Still <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> Kelly Riley uh, plays his daughter, Fiona. She has a good turn as well. It's good, like the kind of. Why did they have to pick her? Like, why couldn't they have picked an Irish actress? Or is the whole point that she's English? I think so, because it was that they were over xenophobic in there. English at the point is not part of the story that he lived over in England at one point and then moves back, moved over. Yeah, but it's kind of good because it's kind of based on the all priests aren't terrible, and it's trying to handle that issue of the recent paedophilia scandals. And I like that a lot. Mm. The whole the fact that he is a good man and he isn't. And he's bandled then there's another priest who's plays uh, who's in the same house as him who's David kind Max of that Savage. Oh no no sorry No yeah that guy. kind of classic yeah. priest that everyone has and doesn't really care about religion or is more interested in money and yeah. just the social position that being and a priest gives you And he's a bit stupid you. he has a yeah. bit of the Father Dougal about him But no it's very funny it's it's not amazing there's some issues with the script it's kind of it has that thing where it's a bit self-aware there's one point where Aidan Gillen says this something like you know oh you're the conscientious priest it'd be great to have that role it's much better than you know the doctor it's a bit too it's a bit clever yeah, yeah I I hated the ending like it kind of if it had you know when we find out who who it is and then the kind of shocking fact I'm not really ruining well you kind of are you can, well am I <laughs> well do we yeah the climax is a bit strange for me the big problem with it was the overall premise of the film like I'm not buying that someone will just attempt to kill a good priest because they were abused and that the priest will show up there to be kind yeah of like the fact shot. that why didn't Brendan Gleeson just go and ring the guards 
Yeah, or why when he's in the confession box doesn't he get up out run and just out sort and just... of run out and say, "Here, can we have a chat about this?" Yeah, like it's you have to forgo a lot of normal yeah. preconceptions to go along with it. I wish that they'd maybe yeah. I think directed looked beautiful, looked everything all very well acted, but the whole thing just didn't really fit together for me. So I was coming down on that with a two and a half. I think you I think said three, three and a half. Yeah, you were three and a quarter. Oh, think, okay, maybe a half. But you can you can change your your view. But yours is a positive three. Um, but it's certainly like the amount of people. This kind of yeah, film I that summed it up s- as like a five star performance from Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, that was to get on the poster. I think. Yeah. Um, didn't work though. It, it no, it didn't work. Um, but it was the kind of film that made a lot of money. Got people kind of talking after last year, where like, the only big film was like Hardy Books. People went to see that. Um, but already we've had. Uh, the Stag is another Irish film that came out about a month ago and it made more money I know I'm very much about the money but this is a bit of a, a business uh, thing with the Irish film that's how they kind of judge um, things but the the Stag made more money in its opening weekend than the Hardy Books did for its entire run probably. yeah for its, and so like it's just been a very good um, so The Sea has come out I haven't seen that yet you saw that um, yeah don't Banville. don't see The Sea okay beside the seaside yeah it's just a little bit boring um, the book is quite complex and difficult when I I read the book and then I was like I don't know how you could transform this into a film yeah. and seemingly they haven't been able to manage it yeah Kieran Hines is quite good in it but he spends most of the time um, looking at the sea looking well looking at the sea imagining his wife there's this thing where he's there's about three different timelines going on he has this thing in the back of his mind like his wife has just died and so he's gone back to visit this tragedy from his youth yeah. and we don't know much about it but if you like the sea should you go see it because there's lots of shots of the sea. Does it, it look well? It doesn't look as good as Calvary. No, it looks really. It looks kind of cheap, weirdly enough. Like there was, um, there's no extras in it. I know that sounds like a really weird thing, but every, to my eye, every single person in the film who is on screen will eventually have a line or play a part. Okay, it's, it's not quite one, a ghostly like they go thing, to the though, beach. Isn't it? Yeah, that could be it. Because in so, dreams, yeah. you never have. Oh yeah, maybe that's where they're going with that. Maybe Nigel didn't get the film. No, but there was like he'll be in a pub and there'll only be two people in the pub and then both of them end up having yeah. a line like the barman has a chat with them and then the other guy he starts a fight with and you're like well there'd normally be one or two extras in a corner but sure it could be because it was a bit of a ghost but um, the funny thing so I went at the beginning of last month or maybe the middle I can't remember the IFI spotlight event was on and uh, this was a day of seminars kind of meant for the pub like industry people but they invited the public but there was barely anyone from the public there but lots of people producers and stuff um, just talking about it and they were just talking about how how no one is going to the cinema to see Irish films anymore or like how it does very badly and my favourite stat that I've said to a lot of people that an average episode of Fair City gets more viewers than went to the cinema to see an Irish film in the entirety of the year that mean mm, if I've said that bleak. correct something like yeah. 420,000 tickets were sold for Irish films last year and an average episode of Fair City gets about 450,000 mm. so um, but then when these Irish films are on TV they do really well like they were talking about The Summit which did brilliantly and won awards and stuff so I think it's just people aren't bothered going to the cinema they want to see Irish stories and you look at the success of like Love, Hate and Amber like people do love a good Irish things. story. Yeah, yeah, but they're just seemingly not willing to head out. Uh, yeah, like tenor. if you're making that trip to the cinema, it's to you're going to go see Spider-Man or Noah or, or big American big. Yeah. thing that, 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 that they're or seeing Or the these for. big ones that have, like the campaign, the advertising campaign for Calvary was insane. Yeah. There was advertisements about every ad break on TV, buses, everything yeah. huge. Same with pushed. the stag as well. Same like with that, the stag. Got the closing like, at, the, at Jadif and... And it works. It gets whatever amount of people you are going to get in. You can see the dividend, but, but then the smaller ones, you know, like 
like the sieve I don't know anyone. I heard no one talk about it. Run and Jump is out uh, this coming weekend. Um, this is a film from the director Steph Green. It's a German-Irish co-production. And mm. played at Galway last year when we were over at it. We didn't get to see it. And then it played at JDIF and won IFTAs. Yeah. And it's just been in the conversation for ages. And you and went like, to see finally out. <laughs> Living in a Coded Land. That opened on Friday there in the IFI exclusively. Uh, yeah, it's only out for a week. That's a documentary um, but like, who Pat do they Collins. expect? Sounds fantastic. I can't wait to see yeah. it. But it's kind of like gonna do that film wouldn't have any PR. Yeah. So if that of. plays on RT one on like a Tuesday night at ten o'clock for an hour, um, you imagine it'll do quite well. Yeah. But like, well, quite well as in it might get two hundred and fifty thousand people. But that's still very good compared to the amount that it will make just with its small little run in the cinema. But it's really good. You haven't got to see it yet. No. Too busy gallivanting around. Too busy in London. Are there some crazy cats out on the street? Could be. Love cats. Oh, they're gone now. Sorry. The studio. We're going to have to move. Like, Bono's tower. He, he's so <laughs> Bono leased us this space, and he said it was going to be really quiet down here. But uh, thanks, Bono. Um, I, what else? Are, oh, yeah. So the only other one that people have seen, uh, Last Days on Mars. That was a film that I heard no one talk about. And that's kind of Irish. Is that fair to say? Yeah, the director is Irish. And it stars... Um, Liv Schreiber. Liv Schreiber. He was doing pretty well. He had his TV show Red Donovan, which was very good. And um, yeah, it's I liked it. It's kind of a B movie. It's basically zombies in space, yeah. uh, on a ship. But it's got kind fairly of, sh- crappy reviews. To be yeah, fair. kind of people were taken out of it a bit. But it, it was exactly what it was. They had the cheesy lines, and it was like homage to Alien and Aliens at some point. And mm. I thought it was very decent. It's like a ninety-minute watch it on Volta or. Netflix when it comes up, you know. Things. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. Did, no, you they, don't need to see it. In the were cinema. the CGI good considering they were done here in? I Ireland thought it was quite good. Screen scene, I think. Looked it looked very good. Yeah, Mars. He's a guy who's um, he's done some different short films as well. So it's kind of it's good to see him progress into a full. Yeah, so hopefully film. the money keeps, and it's important to have these kind of genre things instead of just the kind of Irish drama thing. Yeah, like the stage Irish jump. kind, of, yeah, or yeah, you know, Run and Jump and Calvary and that. Like, it is nice to see something that you can just call a sci-fi film, and then you're like, oh, by the way, it's kind of Irish. Yeah, it's sort of cool. That was a bit like remember uh, Grabbers as well. Yeah, thingy. It's cool. I like when these things happen. Um, so I have three exciting upcoming films. One which I know you're going to be very pumped for, uh, Terry McMahon's Patrick's Day. We know Terry McMahon from Charlie Casanova, and um, it tells I saw the trailer for this. It looks interesting enough, actually. Mm, so it tells the story of open inverted comma a schizophrenic man struggling after his first sexual experience. Close inverted comma so apparently the tone is a little bit mad it played at South by Southwest and did okay and again this is a, a kind of a mental film that are literally mental that uh, th- there's mental illness kind of issues that are going on in Frank and Calvary and Run and Jump so maybe this is the bo- this is maybe the very in at the moment uh-huh. to, to talk and the sea he's kind of he's pretty depressed and he's that's good that it's it. been handled in some regard in film yeah people tend to shy so away there's no it. release date lined up for that one um, out of here did you see it at JDIF no some of our friends did I think the Donald Foreman film it also played at Galway last year about, and it's about kind of emigration and young people and all these things so that doesn't have a date but I suspect we'll see that in summer t- sometime um, Donald Foreman is one, one of these directors that everyone you know is not throwing him. money at but yeah. like, he's one of these names that like the middle aged kind of people who throw money at people are talking about yeah. as kind of a real one to watch so hopefully um, that'll do well and then uh, the last one is one that we're very pumped about. And I actually am looking forward to seeing this with a nice open mind. Mrs. Brown's Boys, um, Damn Movie. 
<laughs> Great use of puns in the trailer. You should check out the trailer if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. 27th yeah, of June. So I'd it's out in the middle of the World Cup, which the box I think office that does. is interesting. So this could come as a counter... Like, you know, leave the fella at home and all the... Although, who is the Mrs. Burns audience? Yeah, Men surely it's, <laughs> it's... My parents watch it and think it's hilarious. So, like, right. older people who maybe wouldn't watch football. Maybe little... It's one of these, like, grey movies yeah. as such, you know, where it's trying to appeal to an older, the, older audience. The silver market. So, again, we're all very snobby. The amount of people that are employed on Mrs. Burns... And watch boys, it is and huge. the audience is huge. The in most England watched programme on television in all of, in, of the UK la- over Christmas crazy right? figures, yeah. Yeah, and we're all the novel thing with the TV show is if you've ever watched it is that it includes the mistakes it doesn't edit them out much like our podcast yeah well it's and I think they've done the same thing with the movie so I've never watched a full episode of it but from time to time you'll um, hop in and watch the last kind of two three minutes to see what's going on and the whole camera pulls out and you see the audience and then he waves it out like it's all very all very smart and all very intertextual like he knows great homely atmosphere to it he yeah, knows what to do references to, to, to film like I always think the weird thing stuff. in it is that the character who plays his daughter yeah is his wife in real life her daughter. Yeah. Character her. who plays her daughter. Yeah. yeah. This before Panty, before anyone was talking about Panty and yeah. issues of gender and, and identity and referring to him as her. Like, you know, Brendan O'Carroll was really there. You Breaking know? the mold. And we were referring to her family and everything. So uh, anyway, that is it. Like when people ask you, you know, if you go to work or you talk to, you know, people on the street about Irish cinema, do you think we we are actually on the cusp of a big buzz or is it just coincidence that a ton of stuff that got funding a couple of years ago is now finally yeah I think it comes in waves and swings and roundabouts as I say like it just happens yeah. that there's a Lenny Abramson film out this year and matched up with the John Michael McDonough one yeah and yeah and the smaller one as well like go back to when the guard came out and had a look what was coming out then as well there could be correlations and stuff it's just the cycle of films you know it so happens Lenny yeah, Abramson's just... new film won't be out for what two years maybe or something yes, probably and that mightn't be even set in Ireland I can't remember where the room is set Um. so yeah it's kind of it'll it'll be interesting to see like next year will it be fall off or you know yeah, but it's healthy. You see, like I, it's nice to say that you've got sci-fi films, you've got big family-related yeah, comedies, kind of, yeah, you and know. it it shouldn't be that Irish film is a genre of itself. We should just be talking about dramas that happen. Like one of the things at the IFI Spotlight was that one point five percent of the films that we watch in Ireland are Irish films, mm-hmm. whereas you look, we're the worst in Europe. Austria has one point seven, but after that, like there's ton, like seven and eight, like France. 40% of the bums on seats there are for French films. And I know you have a whole language Bigger thing that market, we have. We're, yeah. we're going with English language, but 1% is bloody brutal. Like, so, you know. Go to the cinema, go see the Irish film. Yeah, but then when the films that you're given are like last year, where what are you meant to get in? Like, what are you meant to tell people on the street, go and see Mr. John and Pilgrim Hill and heavier kind of things like that, you know? So, what was that one that came and went, like, Zonon or something? Some sci-fi thing they played for it four days. Oh yeah, yeah, that may have been the biggest flop of all there time. There was a terror with last year where the the scheduling was terrible. Yeah, they never sit down and okay, like we're saying not to view things as just Irish films, but mm-hmm. they do like the various distributors need to sit down and go. Well, let's not release three. It's nearly happened this month. You know, if people mm-hmm. are going along with, I'll go see an Irish film. There they have two or three in the cinema at the time. So. Anyway, go and see Living in a Coded Land. Go and see Calvary, and you'll probably all see Frank as well when it's out. And maybe we'll hate it, but uh, unlikely. I'll take off my IRA hat, and you can kind of put the uh, 
the Michael D. Higgins mask on the ground now and we'll stop talking about Ireland. Um, here's a clip from Spider-Man. You're in trouble. Who's that guy? There was an accident in the genomics lab and they're covering it up. That's how it's going. This is the maintenance closet. This is the most cliched hiding place you could have chosen. This oh, is I'm this sorry. is the stupidest hiding didn't place. Take us to the Bahamas as hiding places. Listen. Just kissed me. Right. How'd you like it? I felt a little bit rushed. I know. This is the plan. You get to the elevator. I'm gonna distract him, okay? Yeah, I wish she had a Michael D hat. Um, you can actually do the rest of the podcast as Michael D Higgins if you want. Put the mask. Can't on. really do his voice. No. Yeah. He's re- he's very good. We were very happy to see him over in England. I That's saw him on Wednesday. At the Paul Simon thing at Haney, he read <coughs> a poem. A poem. Is there any film link with the evening? Any film stars there? Uh, Gabriel Byrne was supposed to show up, but he couldn't because filming clashed. Classic Gabriel Byrne, isn't yeah. it? Oh, I'll be there, yeah. For Always sure. ragging on the Irish, but ask him to turn up and do something, and not a sign of him. Oh, bollocks. Anyway, Gay Byrne would have gone if he was asked. He'd go to the opening of an envelope if, if he was asked. Anyway, we we just had a clipper of from Spider Man. That was Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. Peter Parker and Gwen having a chat. Um, what? So this is Spider-Man Five, right? Or like effect, two reboot? Yeah, feature film number five, or or what? Um, that the the amazing thing, and I'm gonna Spider-Man's out three weeks, and this is common knowledge. But the great thing that I will say with uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two is that they actually let Gwen Stacy die. And this is from the comic book, The Night Gwen Stacy Died, which you know the clue is in the title. Yeah, and um, it's quite shocking because. I was watching the film and it's a few years since obviously I saw the was she even in the original three you see I uh, can't they brought remember. her in in the third film as Bryce Dallas Howard this character like but they're completely lost in the mix they never really they would have been bringing it in so it was kind of tough when you're watching it because they do the relationship quite well between Garfield and Emma Stone which I didn't like though because that kind of goes on for an hour and a half so it's almost like a teen movie but not really um, it's just it didn't feel right it was like a bad episode of Dawson's Creek or something but it kind of, I yes, suppose, that it gives the bit it that I did like. Yeah, it gives it the weight then towards the end when she dies. But that goes on for so long, and then the the bad guy in the film is Electro, played by Jamie Fox, and there's a big battle scene with him. But then when you realise when that concludes that it is um, the Green Goblin, then who's Dan DeHaan, who was brilliant as the Green Goblin, but he's obviously going to come in. He should have had the third film. One. Yeah, yeah, he should have carried the film himself. Electro was really silly. Yeah, and but when Electro dies, you realise, oh wait a minute, the Green Goblin hasn't been in this yet. We need to do that bit, and then that goes on for another twenty minutes, and you're just like, really? Yeah, and he, then the there's Green even Goblin another was quite bit. Scary as well, I think. I don't. Ca- yeah, he was. He's done well, but I don't like Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. I think I hate his jerky acting. Oh, too cool, and the whole thing he did with. Mm. He's good in the Social Network, though. He got screwed out of all that money. True. But I actually think he got a lot of the money in the end. But you're a big Spider-Man fan. What is, do you think this is the worst of the five? Um, no, it's still better than the last of the trilogy. Where it, it, like At least here, they, they like there's lots that's crowd-pleasing and it was good. And there was great moments. Like I really did love the last 15 minutes. Like I liked the all the Peter and Gwen stuff. And the yeah. bit with Rhino in it was cool as well. And I liked the bit with the kid. That was the, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. That was mental. I know, wasted as well. Like, they put him on the poster and you're like, is he actually meant to be in this? And then at the very beginning and the very end. and Presumably we were like, here, do you want to do this? And he's like, no, we give you $2 million. Fine. Yeah, he was in seven films last year. So I'm pretty sure he just is, he could have personal personal problems. He just is addicted to, to acting. 
Um, but no, I, I, I did. But it, it doesn't have the humour or the, like, it, it's much more childish. It, it, it seems it, way more yeah. childish. It had a lot of comic films. book humour at the start, and I was like, this is just childish. I don't know, maybe it's another sign that I'm getting old. And it's just like, no, can't watch No, but go back. Anymore. I watched Spider-Man 1 and 2 last year, and they're not, they don't have that... Yeah, really? but it's kind of darker, and it's you've got Sam Sam Raimi at the helm, you know. Yeah, and Bruce Campbell and J Jonah Jameson is way funnier, but yeah, he was brilliant. He was. That's the greatest character in, yeah. the, in the opening one. But um, no, it was it was it was fine. I, I I'm looking forward to Amazing Spider-Man three, where they have to now recast Mary Jane and a few things like they don't know. And what. presumably, Dan Dehan will be the Green Goblin, and that'll be the main arc. Or will they bring in Venom? Do you think? they probably will just bring in all the yeah I'd like Venom to get his own film and to do it properly because that's what really annoyed me with the third one I thought that was terrible to handle Venom really badly because he's the coolest thing in yeah, Spider-Man so why, why give him his own thing yeah yeah Anyway. Um, that was it and did you see any so another film was Noah which kind of started blockbuster season and uh, Darren Aronofsky's new film which surprised a lot of people when it was announced after Black Swan Black Swan was 2010 and this was the next film and everyone was like, um, you're directing a religious biopic, what is going on? And he was meant to do Wolverine after as well. Like he clearly decided I'm going to do something a little bit different. Yeah. But, the Wolverine but as you work. begin to watch Noah, you're like, oh yeah, I can see this. this was a film by him. It kind of follows the usual trait of a person being pushed to their full mental faculties and trying to struggle with a great thing. So Russell Crowe's plays Noah. And um, it's kind of a weird film. It's a great story for about an hour and a half there's the character of called watchers who are it's kind of old mythology and stuff that they're fallen angels and when they fell to earth they were kind of encased in rockets and different kind of stories so nick oh, from the two towers yeah or the never ending story the that yeah. rock monster thing i had no idea was that made up no there's I, it's I kind of read it, my genesis it comes in different things and different more stories because Noah's the story in a lot of the different religions yeah so he's kind of plucked from different parts but one bit that does seem to be entirely made up that I couldn't find anywhere was that um his daughter Emma Stone it kind of goes into a thing whereby Emma, Emma Watson Emma Watson you the sorry. wrong Emma on the brain Emma both of the them brain. take up a lot of my brain space as well say so what say what Emma uh, is played by his daughter and when they get on the boat she becomes pregnant and he goes crazy and is like well no he feels that mankind has to be wiped off the face of the earth and that animals will inhabit again and that was totally concocted and it's such a ridiculous story because it's almost kind of given that old bible thing of you know in the women in the bible are either seen as the virgin mary or whores and it kind of gives that thing which is like yeah women created all evil and sin so it's just nonsense and it's totally concocted and you're just kind of like why are they doing this yeah and what I forgot about is then the whole thing is all incestuous like brothers have to have sex with sisters and half sisters and then daughters have sex with their uncle and and we're all descended from this so so it's kind of like the whole thing if you believe it or not is kind of a fabrication so you kind of put this in and it doesn't work there's some up until for me up until the boat this is like a four star film and then when they get on it it's just bored. and even on the boat a lot of it like my favourite scene from it is when he's having when he's there listening to all the screaming like there's an amazing bit where uh, he's, yeah it's Russell basically Crow the rest of the world really dying slowly. Yeah, yeah and it's really 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 good but yeah the family drama stuff I could have probably done without because it, it uses um, Logan Lerman quite badly I think he doesn't really have anything to do in it he just whinges about not yeah. getting his hole which is difficult um, 
Yeah, so, but it was, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Like, there's lots of interesting scenes, great animation, kind of the formation of the world and the stuff. The formation of the world sequence, yeah, with all the kind of sped up footage and bits of animated stuff is phenomenal. And that deserves to be just kind of on YouTube by itself and played as a nice backdrop. And also how it relates, you know, you'd almost buy into the whole myth of creation, like the seven days actually being... You yeah, know, and it's very—it's weirdly how that works. So it's the most pro-vegetarian film you'll see this year, I would imagine. It's very like meat is murder and evil, and yeah, I, it's odd. I think a moment should also be um, given over to the evolution of Russell Crowe's beard through the film. By the end, he actually looked exactly like the biblical version of Noah that you would want. Yeah, didn't it? Like it had suddenly come like this perfect force. Ray Winston is in it as well. There was a hilarious review I read somewhere saying. Uh, it's great when the two of them appear on screen and both start chewing the scenery. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, he just plays the same character for the last 30 years, so he's doing it well by now, but... Yeah, he learned from Sir Anthony Hopkins, who played crazy. Yeah. This. <laughs> what a ridiculous, ridiculous man. Um, yeah. So I, I think I'm on the kind of three and a half, kind of... Three, I yeah, think. Yeah, not yeah. enough with the animals. No, um, way more with that, I think, which is the basis of the Noah story, you know, two by yeah. two, etc. Yeah, the the occasional spool contributor David Turpin, his little uh, review, um, said needed more animal yeah. uh, stuff. That that's where, but he was a big fan of it. Gave it a very high mark and makes some good points. Like it did. It's certainly one so interesting. Like for for a film like that to have that much money behind it, and I went to see it in IMAX and it was absolutely packed. Yeah, and very grippy and intense at times. Yeah. yeah. So it is really interesting that there's a lot of thought went into it, and it's a really, it's a very. It's just everyone should kind of see it. It's one of those kind of sure you're giving it three and a half or a three or something, yeah. but you're like no, but like you should really see it. Whereas those other films like Spider Man gets a three, you're like look, you don't need to see that. I don't yeah. Think. Um, another film then that had a lot of people talking about it, which is really just the biggest B movie they made us think it was a real film, um, or a really important intelligent film. Um, is Transcendence, which you haven't got to see just yet, but it uh, came out last week. Um, from no, it just came out over the weekend actually. It previewed a weekend before that uh, Wally Pfister the um, cinematographer, cinematographer from The Dark Knight and Christopher Nolan's film yeah and did lots of kind of he's never directed a film but yeah. he's shot loads of old B-movie kind maybe of stuff maybe he should have stuck to the day job by the sounds of it yeah by all accounts like it got really panned and that and I think people just thought it was going to be a hell of a lot more but really um, it's just kind of a really silly kind of it set itself up too high I thought it was more intelligent it's about you know Johnny Depp sounds quite boring plays a yeah plays this kind of AI um, researcher who then gets shot with radioactive bullet and has a month to Why live and so they decide I have no idea why not just why just not kill bullets? him I think the whole point was maybe to just cause so that they had to turn him into a computer future yeah and so he has a month to just fade and um, for that why first didn't he turn minutes, into the toxic avenger yeah, I don't. But for that first twenty minutes, Johnny Depp actually wore normal clothes and didn't have a daft hat. And you're like, oh, cool. a stupid accent. No makeup, no Who accent. He's the... just playing himself. And yeah. then after twenty minutes, he suddenly gets to wear all his sick thing, and then he just becomes CGI. So uh. Paul Bettany is in this, and he's brilliant. No one ever really talks about Paul Bettany. Um, he does the voice in Iron Man? It's about the biggest gig he gets these days. And uh, was in Wimbledon and Morgan Margin Freeman's Call in it and everything. Too. So the trailer Morgan says. Freeman and and. Anthony Hopkins and Noah just kind of showing up getting their paycheck um, but it yeah it, it just does not work at all it's really boring and thinks it's something very different to what it actually is and if they told us Johnny Depp's inspiration was Patrick Moore from Game Master 
as yeah he's on screen a lot and just literally on screen and it's his computer thing and he just hovers in yeah um poor patrick moore anyway um something else with the same three first three letters is tracks that's a weak link <laughs> it's a really transcendence <laughs> tracks there's a film um which came out just over the weekend uh with mio wasakowska playing Robin Davidson, who uh, undertook a trip in 1977 to travel 1,700 miles across Australia. She took three camels and a dog. Sorry, four camels, a dog and a gun and just loads of stuff. And it's a really inspirational kind of story. Um, Manages to be kind of funny and really draining, uplifting, um, inspirational boring at times as well like because and then you're like it's a seven month yeah it's a seven month walk so that's probably what it would actually be like because yeah. like, like there's a bit at the end where you're like I'm really sick of this but then it's exactly how those things would probably play yeah. out so yeah um, so she does it it's all it's a very girl friendly film but she does have a male interest at times uh, girls Adam Driver who's also he's um, a plain photojournalist right, I think. yeah for National Geographic so he kind of pops in three or four times she just he just drives and finds her and yeah. gives her water I think the story first appeared in National Geographic and then she turned it herself into a novel into the book and tracks been trying, yeah. there was a piece in Sight and Sound about it that uh, it's taken her basically 30 years to get the book into a film and kind yeah. of because it seems very difficult to shoot here, do you want to shoot a movie in the desert, you know? Yeah, but it's it's beautiful. And the camels, I think they're partly CGI, but they're mostly incredibly interesting, kind of expressive, uh, funny um, things. Would you like to at. own a camel after watching it? Um, no, I'm not sure uh, I could. A bit cruel walking around Stony Butter. It would be a little bit, yeah. Walking your camel. And the camel toe jokes that it all be shouted at you, you know? But um, really, really well worth seeing. It's kind of a good solid four out of five. And um, yeah, go and see it. Brilliant. It played at JDIF and has... Only came out on Friday. Yeah, but it's only come out now on Friday. So a lot of people will have seen it already. So I don't feel bad. And she doesn't die. Am I giving a spoiler away? Aww. The fact that she wrote a book, though, surely that would give True. that away. But it's a really good story. Mia Wasikowska can't do bad films, I think. Uh, the Kids Are Alright, The Double, Stoker even Alice in Wonderland like she's yeah, by far the best thing good. about it like yeah. she's a brilliant actress and she needs to pay her agent more money because they keep picking really good films for her Australian Polish did you know that? no there you go you're welcome Um, and then what? also this month um, We Are The Best you're going to have a review of that up on a little that'll be in we'll round it up and a few other films that we haven't got to talk about here um, like Locke which has uh, Tom Hardy Tom Hardy driving around I'll talk about that a little bit in a minute that's actually probably from my movie moment of the month okay um, Locke um, just driving around talking about concrete if you see the film I really don't want to give anything away because Locke is a really tiny simple film it's just all so takes it's a good place film in the one kind of car. going in not knowing, knowing nothing yeah, yeah exactly now it's not as it's not as insane as you might think it's won't give anything away but like when I saw it I was like oh he's a he's a gang boss or a criminal kind of thing but it's not really that kind of a thing it's more a character study of seeing someone slowly kind of fall apart and then try and put the pieces back together all while driving <laughs> brilliant wow so it's it's it's. I do very, that every morning on the way to yeah well it just goes to show like I sometimes listen to like this American Life or some of these kind of NPR podcasts and I think I'm very smart but really I need to get my Bluetooth hands free thing and just start phoning lots of people and making really good use of my time um, and then uh, yeah so that and We Are The Best and a few other films we haven't really got to talk about will be in our best and worst feature roundup. Um, do you have a movie moment of the month by the way? 
Yeah, it's actually going to be from Calvary, the Viper, as you were saying. Uh, Aidan Gillen, who is the worst thing about the film because he's an <coughs> Irish man doing an Irish accent and he can't do an Irish accent. A terrible actor. I don't think Aidan's listening, but I'm really not sure he's... But, you know, he's great in The Wire and, well, I don't watch The Game of Thrones. Do you watch that? Yeah. Is he good in that? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, he can't act he can't and he's good. Irish. But, like, to... McDonough not be like, um, what you're are you doing? What are you, you're what are, Irish. Yeah, like, what are you doing there? We can buy into the fact you've come from Dublin. But he gives a great speech at one point because he plays a doctor and uh, he has a talk to Brendan Gleeson where he's kind of trying to freak him out. He just kind of keeps needling him during the film and pissing him off. And he tells the story about how when he was a doctor at one point, he uh, gave birth to this kid, helped it come into the world, and then it lost its eyesight and its hearing. And he tells this story, and it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. It totally freaks Brendan Gleeson out. So yeah. that's my movie moment of the month. Cool, a cheery one. Right. Um, here's a little bit from X-Men anyway. This is for our May preview. Here's X-Men. So many battles waged over the years. And yet, none of them like this. Are we destined to destroy each other? Or can we change who we are and unite? Is the future truly set? Cool, that was X-Men Days of Future Past, which is a film that is going to have a very unusual release because Brian Singer, the film's director and the kind of head and face of X-Men, in many ways, because he brought... and He sort he of started kicked, and he kick-started that whole superhero yeah, franchise. 14 years ago. And um, yet there's now allegations against him that he kind of has, at various different films and different points, sexually assaulted people and all this kind of raped. Because yeah. he, he, it's very unfortunate because like he's an out... Like he's out as Openly a gay man, and he's very—he yeah. had done a lot for um, gay rights in Hollywood and kind of promoted. It wasn't his thing. He was just a good director who happened, and yet yeah. now it seems like, well, who knows with the allegations where it's actually coming from? But we're not going to comment on that because we don't know anything about it yet. But it's unfortunate it's going to kind of dampen the the re- release of this a little bit. But um, I'm very excited. They have great cast. Ridiculous. Anyone ever associated with any X Men film is in it, apart from Alan Cummings, I think the guy who's Nightcrawler in X Men Two. I'm not sure. Fraser in, in it. Um, oh, he probably caught me out as well. No, probably yeah. not. About a boy, man from About a Boy plays young, Fraser, young beast. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but lots of old faces from the original trilogy. Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, Fassbender. Um. Yeah. So Fassbender will be in there as well. I don't, I don't know if Tuberty even asked him. Tuberty's some some stooge, isn't he? But not sure he even mentioned X Men. But uh, May twenty second. And looks great. Very you got a pick for May. Yeah, Frank is going to be mine. I know we talked about it, but it's coming out on the ninth of May. And um, yeah, it looks fantastic by all accounts. I'm a big fan of John Ronson, so anything that he kind of kickstarted should be good. And Lenny Abrams. So cool. Anything else that we didn't just talk about? Uh, oh yeah Postman Pat a oh, good man childhood favourite uh, is coming out this month and uh, it stars Stephen Mangan is doing the voice of Postman Pat you'll know him from Green Wing uh, that great Channel 4 kind of weird comedy about doctors yeah, and the show with Joey from yeah. Friends yeah uh, so, so yeah it should be good interesting really you know? good cast David Tennant is in the voice cast too I hope it's not just too like childish I hope there's a bit of cleverness to it but we'll see it's a funny one with Postman Pat though I associated it as much with sweets yeah or really? crisps the favourite crisps oh yeah always had weird flavoured crisps bacon something and baked yeah. beans and something yeah and we'll preview more um, I do up a what's worth watching post 
the most accurate and up-to-date one on the web, it should be noted. Yeah, we do. We get in touch with all the cinemas and the distributors, and we try to hopefully get any. So if you do notice any errors in it, please let us know. We don't claim to be perfect. And as I say, the best source for actual release dates and closer to the time is probably Airtel. Um, so uh, we may as well wrap it up now. We've been here long enough um, with a clip from a film that t- a decade ago kind of uh, defined a lot of things for a lot of people, talked about exactly what Ireland was like at the time. Adam and Paul from The Man We've Talked About probably our most certainly popular well-regarded director working today sorry neil jordan but uh lenny abramson and uh yeah this is just a clip of adam and paul sitting on a bench talking to a bulgarian who's not a romanian here we go yeah here we go back to fucking romania with you oh yeah it's always fucking same always fucking same yeah what yeah stupid person and you are all stupid people. Oh, yeah? Why? I'm not a fucking Romanian. Yeah? Always the same, fucking Irish. And you say, go home, you Romanian this and that. And you fucking Romanian pig. And you Romanian fucking sponger. You listen to me now. I'm not a fucking Romanian. My whole life, I'm never Romanian. My family has no Romanian people. So I've never been in fucking Romania. When you Irish stop calling me Romanian, do you understand what I say? Yeah, fine. Yeah, really. So, where are you from? Jesus' sake. I'm from Bulgaria. So is his jacket. What? His jacket was made in Bulgaria. Oh, so... Fuck off. So have you been here long? Two years. That must be a relief, like... Why? Why you say a relief? Well, just fucking ignore the cunt. It's like Bulgaria is a shithole. No, it is not. No, but... Comparison, like... Comparison with what? Dublin. <laughs> you fucking Irish. Is it I'm going fucking crazy? You listen to me now. Bulgaria is not a shithole. Beautiful. It is beautiful. And now Dublin, it is the shithole. Full of liars and fucking maniacs and fucking Romanians. Yeah, well, why are you here, so? Because I have to leave Sofia. All right. Was she pregnant? What? <laughs> you fucking crazy, stupid Irish. <laughs> Why am I here? Did you ever ask yourself the same question? Why are you here, huh? Why the fuck are you here? 